want to welcome you back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Alan Small here with my friend Trent Young, and we are so excited um, to come here and talk with you today. And today just fills me up. It fills my tank when we get to talk with pastors and church leaders about enduring and making your ministry uh, count for the long haul. So, Trent, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> well, hopefully we're going to fill up some pastors and talk about because a lot of us and Alan, I think you and I can identify with this topic that we have been in places at different times where we have been empty buckets, right? Had nothing to give. And so so I want to ask you all as you're listening to this, have you ever felt like you had nothing left to give to your church, to your family or to anyone else? And and are you feeling overwhelmed by the demands of ministry? And at times you may find yourself totally depleted of energy and longing to escape the constant pressure. And so um, today we're going to talk about, Alan, um, having that that need to be refilled. Um, and so let's let's dig into it. What do you say, Alan? Yeah, that's an important one. I think, don't you think that we're kind of in a time where probably pastors are emptier as a whole than they've ever been before? Yeah, it, it's strange because church has been different and we've been forced to really be out of our normalcy, I guess. Our comfort zone is the buzzword. Uh, and so, yeah, I think so. I think a lot of pastors are dealing with depression and struggling right now. So we want to help you. Yeah, because we certainly understand. And I, I know, you know, as we've talked through the last uh, year or so, you and I have had to try to help each other through some some times where we know we just didn't have a whole lot left in us. And, and, you know, as we get to look back, we see some of those reasons. And that's one of the, that's why we're so glad to be able to talk to you today, because this is not, this is not something that we can't relate to. And I know if you've been in ministry any amount of time, you, you're going to recognize some of these times in your life, because this is the ebb and flow of ministry. Sometimes, sometimes you're filled up and sometimes you, you're not filled up. And yet you got to you got to find a way to keep going. And so that's why we're here. We're here to help you. This is our goal, our desire um, to help you and your church endure. So we're going to talk a little bit about that because you're not going to go very, very far, you know, on on an empty tank. I, I don't like my gas gauge, Trent, to get down to that little light. If that light oh, yeah. comes on, I feel like I have failed in life. Now, my other half is is an amazing person but she doesn't have the same affinity to her when it hits that little light thing that means oh okay i'm pretty close for me it's like pan full yeah. panic mode right and um mm -hmm. and i don't like to get close to empty and i don't want to know oh when my light comes on i have exactly 33 miles until my, my car stops i don't want to know that I, I i like to have a full tank so yeah. um let's let's fill some tanks today yeah. And hey, I've got a story that kind of goes with this. You were talking about your gas gauge. And on our mission trip recently, we were driving out to Phoenix to help this uh, church plant. And on the way, we had pulled into this little gas station in the middle of nowhere. And there were um, three Indian graduate students there at this, in this little car. And they were, it was, they were looking around and talking to people. And the gas station was out of gasoline, but their gas tank, or their light had come on. And it was saying that they had like 20 miles left and there was nothing for like a hundred miles. 
And so I had a gas can in the back of my pickup and I was able to fill up their tank and they were, and I got to talk to them about, about Jesus at the same time. So it was like, that's what we want to do, Alan. That's what we want to encourage guys and fill up their tank back up. So that's right. Let's, 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 let's fill them up. So to fill them up, you got to know what causes the empty. Yeah, that's right. And there's a lot of things, right, Alan? I mean, you and I have been through several things and, there's some major causes that kind of go along with this. And the first one is just compassion fatigue. And so, Alan, when you think of that, what, what kind of comes to mind? So, so in my, uh, in my second pastorate, Trent, I, I took the pastorate and I had three people um, in the hospital. Two were long-term and were not going to make it. And um, another one was, was going through a major, major surgery. And so I move into this church. I'm a brand new pastor and I'm at the hospital three and four times a week um, with, with, with people and with families that I don't really know. And I came out of my first couple of months in that church exhausted. I mean, just uh, with, with really just very little to give, you know, as I'm trying to get, get grounded and get going. And I just came, came into it just on, on fumes. Mm-hmm. It's easy to happen that way, especially like you said, when you didn't know and you didn't have that other support, um, or at least you didn't know who to call on to be that other support for you. Uh, I think this is a big deal. And, and, and right now, we've been through this whole year where I think a lot of pastors are struggling with compassion fatigue, um, dealing with COVID stuff because there you may have lost some people in your church from this. Um, but it's weird, too, because you can't be at the hospital a lot of times with families, but you're trying to find ways to support them. And so I think this is a big deal. Yeah, it is, because you don't you don't feel like you've done enough. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the hard parts about compassion. You, When you're giving it, at least you know you gave it, but, but you just don't know if you're doing enough. And so you struggle, you know, and we know people are losing jobs and, and that. For, for people who the economy is fine for, it's, it's really fine. But those it's not, it's, it's really bad. And so, you know, you're trying to you're trying to find a way to balance all that and keep up with people. And you don't know how to keep up with people. You don't know who you've lost. You don't know. Yeah, there's just a lot that goes on with our the emotional framework in our lives. And right now, it's kind of even sometimes hard to tell what's up and down with that. Mm-hmm. And so the next possible thing that might suck your tank dry is decision fatigue. Um, There are different times, um, you know, we've gone through, Alan and I have gone through building programs and those will really suck you dry because there's lots and lots of decisions, lots and lots of meetings. um, And those are, those are hard on you. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a, a building project or, you know, um, in the last year, you have to make decisions about are masks mandatory? Are they not mandatory? Do we open? Do we not open? You know, and then you make a decision and then two hours later, you're making a different decision. And and yes, uh, decision fatigue is real. Um, it's probably been it's, it's probably been accelerated. Um, you know, I, if you're like me out there and you're listening to this, you really don't want to have to make another decision. You know, and you look at some decisions and you go, that's a, that's just a dumb decision. And you not th- thought that was a dumb decision. But right now you're like, well, that's just stupid. I don't want to do it <laughs> because, because you just don't want to make any more decisions. You're, you're tired of making decisions. And 
it is real. I, I never really thought about decision fatigue until the last year, but now that I can look back in ministry and times where there were big projects or big times of change, um, you can get really tired from making all those decisions. Well, in most pastors, I think, Alan, they they not not only are they involved in the meeting that makes the decision, but they're thinking about and wrestling with and turning this over and over again in their minds again and again prior to the decision and lots of times after the decision. Did I make the right decision? Is this going to help my church? Is this going to hurt my church? Um, should we have done something else? The what if game. And that really, it takes a toll on you emotionally to have that going on in your mind all the time. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking with someone yesterday uh, that was glad that they didn't have to make a decision for for a school district because the school district was wrestling with some 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 delicate decisions that really to me it was like you can't win there and you can't win there so you you're trying to choose between two better losing propositions and mm-hmm. that's that's never fun and sometimes in ministry we 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 do kind of have to make that call um you know that neither neither outcome is good and those will really um, suck the life out of you. You know, um, if you run into a situation that requires church discipline or there's conflict or you have to remove a volunteer, which is probably one of the most painful things you ever do in ministry, is re- removing a volunteer from their position. You know, those kinds of decisions just hurt. And, you know, you feel like you're losing all the way around and those will those will really get to you. So those will those will those will certainly empty your tank out uh, really, really fast, but it's not always the bad stuff that empties our tank, is it, Trent? That's right. There, And this sounds weird. I mean, as we, as I say these words, it's kind of like, really? But yeah, success fatigue. Um, doing well, it, it takes a lot of energy, right? Um, you and I have talked about the planning that we, we have to do, the sermon planning, the program pr- planning, that you guys are getting ready for some block party uh, plans and and it's like all that stuff. It it's great and it's it's a wonderful thing, but it takes energy too to put all that together. Yeah, you know it's it, it's interesting as we're watching as we're watching some things unfold. And you know, over the last few years, we've seen many many pastors leave ministry due to burnout, and it's been burnout after a, a high season of success. Mm-hmm. And and I think that this is something we don't talk about enough is the price of success and success can be painful. You know, doing ministry well can, can take a lot out of you because I think a lot of times too, what happens Trent is we get the idea that, that we, we were the cause of the success and therefore we have to be fully engaged in it. And if, if we don't, then the success won't continue and we don't bring other people um, with us. I mean, it's the same thing that Moses faced, right? You know, as Moses is leading the people and his father-in-law comes to him and says, what are you doing? You know, this is not, this is not to be a one man show, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's think through this. And I think that too many times as pastors, we kind of get into that one man show that success rises and falls um, solely upon us. And uh, we forget that that is still God's church. And so, yeah, success fatigue is is real. And I, I can promise you that you pray for success, but know that success will tire you out. Yeah. And once you have success, um, things go well, then you automatically think I've got to do something bigger, better, faster, stronger the next time. 
to do even more to have success because we keep raising the bar what success means. And so, so I think that kind of goes along with it. The next one, Alan, is is interesting, and I want you to help me to kind of think through this personal fatigue. Um, this kind of, to me, in my mind, is is kind of a conglomeration of all of these things that we were talking about. Is there something else that comes to mind for you? Well, I think so, but but you know, Trent, I think too, we we have ebbs and flows, right? I mean, you, you, we all have a day where you just wake up and you don't feel it, right? I mean. I, I think they're just seasons of life. You know, we've we've done a podcast too, talking about how during certain times of the year, you're just more likely to kind of fall into a funk than you are you know, other times of the year. And I, I think there's just times where you you just just more tired, and it could be, you know, not just a lot of factors. Maybe you had a wedding, a wedding and a funeral one week, and you're just a little less sharp and. And then you get up and preach and then you wake up Monday and you got the blues and then your, your rhythm for that week is all off. And so I think it's when we get out of rhythm, you know, that we have a natural rhythm. And whenever we're not in rhythm, I think we find ourselves kind of in a personal fatigue and our spiritual, our own personal spiritual drift there. Yeah, I think you, what you mentioned about the spiritual part of that is, is true, true as well when we've been giving out and maybe we haven't taken time for ourselves to receive from the Lord as much. We've been giving, 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 but we haven't had time or made time to take, uh, to, to receive from God's word in our quiet time. So those things will suck the life out of you. And that kind of leads then, you mentioned the word tired, which leads me to think of a physical fatigue. Um, you coach track and you know more about that than I do. <laughs> well, you know, I, we can only do so much. And one of the things that I find interesting and, and people had told me this, you know, I remember a pastor saying, well, I just don't have the same energy for preaching multiple services as I had when I was younger. And I thought, oh, come on, you're just up there standing and talking. What's so hard about that? You know, and, <laughs> Sunday, I came home and took a nap because I was just exhausted <laughs> after the two messages on, on, on Sunday morning. You know what? We, we do. We lose we lose physical strength as we as we get older, even if you work out, even if you do everything. I mean, in spite of all the Chuck Norris jokes, Chuck Norris is not nearly as strong today as he was 30 years ago. I, I, I can assure you. That, that that is true. And that's Chuck Norris. I mean, you know, oh, my Super, dream, Superman wears his pajamas and yet he's still not as <laughs> he's he's still not as strong um as as he once was. This just happens. I mean, we get we get yeah. into to t situations where physically we're 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 just out of gas. And as pastors, um there's a pretty good evidence and studies to show that we don't take very good cares care of ourselves physically anyway. Mm -hmm. This is really true. This is really true. And, and I've been in the hospital to, to prove it, you know, uh, and all of this fatigue, even if it's just a mental and emotional fatigue, it really does take a toll on your body physically. Um, so as we're talking through this list, you may have seen yourself in some of these, and we want you to take this seriously. Don't just blow it off. Uh, because we want your ministry to endure, you've got to do some things proactively, uh, maybe um, to have a getaway. We just recently did a podcast episode on what I want to get away and, and how much we need a getaway. And so we want to encourage you to do that as well. 
Yeah. So if, if you're new to our podcast, you know, you go back through our library, um, look at some of the titles um, and, and pick out some of those that, that might help encourage you and, and help fill your tank and help get, get you on track. We've covered a lot of these um, in standalone episodes, different parts of those fatigues that you can kind of go back and, and look at. We'll try to link a few of them. We'll try to link a few of them in here for you, but please do go back and listen. Uh, I do think that those are some things that, that help from time to time. Go for a walk, listen to a podcast, do something like that just to, to clear your mind and, and, and put something um, in your tank. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, uh, Alan, and, and people listening, how is your worship time? Um, I think that's a big deal that helps us to be refreshed and refilled. You know, Jesus said the number one thing that we need to focus on is loving God and, and worshiping him, enjoying him. He is the one who is our source. He is the one who's going to fill us back up. And so we, we've got to get to a place where we can take time for ourselves and God. Um, yeah, I, Trent, I, you know, I think this year, one of the things that, Again, we talk a lot about Evernote, and and I've mentioned this in, in recent weeks, but I, I had created a new journal format in, in Evernote for myself just to help help enhance and 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 um, do some different things um, in, in my in my personal prayer life. Write more of my prayers down again, like I used to do when I was younger, and kind of got out of the habit of. And and it's just been so good to to kind of reincorporate elements of, of, of really practices that I've had at different times, but trying to incorporate all of them at once. I, 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 it's just been good. And I think at times our worship goes gross stale. If, if I'm still using the same Evernote format in two or three years that I'm using right now, I'm going to have done something extremely wrong because I do think our worship, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, how we do that's going to grow and change over time. Just like if I go back and listen to some of my first sermons I ever preached, Oh goodness. I hope I never preach that one again um, <laughs> yeah. because it should be better. I should be a better preacher today than I was, was. And I, I that's the same is true in worship. I should be a better worshiper today than I was 10 years ago. And I think a lot of times we, we, we don't grow in this area. And I would encourage you, I would encourage you if you want to have a vibrant, spiritual life going forward make this an area of growth in your life not something that's just oh a checklist on your list that you got to do because you're, you're a pastor and people expect you to well and remember you are a pastor or a minister if you're you know maybe you're a volunteer in your church and you can't give what you don't have yeah you know, empty buckets not going to feed anyone and so you've got to have some time if you're constantly leading someone else to worship, but you're never taking time for yourself to worship. And, you know, this sounds weird, but um, some of my best worship time, Alan, is is kind of my own little getaway here at our farm. We I get on the tractor, turn on some worship music, and I mow the pasture, you know, and that that is great worship time for me. And that fills my bucket. And so, you know, I need that in order for me to be able to lead my people at my church to be able to worship and get close, draw close to God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, it's become a, I, I, I adopted a kind of a special needs Doberman. He, he has a, he, he, he has, he has some anxiety issues and um, 
anyway, I have to take him on a good long walk every day. And um, I actually like to do that after a time where I've been been looking at my sermon, um, looking over the text, done some do some reading. And then I like to go take him for a walk and just stew over all of that. And I find that to be a just a really helpful time. Um, you know, while I'm out, it's going to be I know it's going to be an hour long walk, probably. And it gives me an hour just to kind of put thoughts together um, say things out loud. He listens pretty good when I'm when I'm preaching. He, sometimes he'll lay down in the middle of the trail and just I, I could go to sleep right here. So, so I know. Oh well, that'll 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 preach on Sunday if I can put him to sleep now. You know, but um, yeah, but but it's good. I, I think you need to have those things where you, you know you're you're just kind of finding some time for yourself uh, mm-hmm. and for God and for some reflection. Um, I'm in there because, like you said, you can't give what you don't have. That's true. Well, and, uh, Alan and I like to share with you resources that we found over the years. And, um, you know, I went through this uh, real time of burnout and was about to walk away from ministry several years ago. And I had some guys come alongside me that kicked me in the rear and, and pointed me to one of the my friends lit, uh, shared with me, Leading on Empty by Wayne Cordiero. Uh, good book. And I would encourage you, if you're if you feel like you're at that point, it's a good resource to pick up. And I, Alan, I know that you had found one as well. Yeah. I, I um, when I was kind of in that, that frame, I read, didn't see it coming that Kerry Newhoff wrote and, you know, he did a really good job, I think of outlining some of these similar things that, that go on um, in, in our lives and in our ministries and how you kind of come out the other side. And so both of those great resources from people who, who have been there, and and done that and you know have the t-shirts for it and all that kind of stuff and and fortunately they've shared some of their thoughts and i know there's other resources there are so many out there that deal with burnout and pastoral ministry today you know um that they are there is no shortage of them but make sure you too that you you're not afraid to confront the issue and confront the fact that if you lead on empty too long you will burn out and you don't want to burn out you know, you want to recognize those symptoms earlier so you don't get to that place. You know, don't don't let the warning light come on. You know, if you get down to half a tank, that's a great time to fill up. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of where we want to encourage encourage you to do that. I know, you know Trent, you were looking at uh, we're not going to use all of all of his stuff, but we'll link it so you can go and, and look at all of them. But William William Vanderblumen had just done a a quick little thing that here, here's eight things to do when you feel like you're, you're kind of empty. Um, and so we'll, we'll link this in our, in our site, but what, what stuck out to you in his list, Trent, that that's one that means a lot to you. Well, there's, there's several in this list and I, you know, one of them, I, I really appreciate having the relationship that I do with, with you, Alan, because the first thing he says is get some far away friends that can give you perspective. And, you know, Alan and I, before we even start recording, we get to have conversations and talk through the things that we're dealing with. And lots of times Alan has to talk me off the ledge and hopefully sometimes I get to do the same for him. Uh, but we, we have some perspective maybe that the other person who's in that context doesn't have. And so having, having faraway friends is a big help to me. Yeah, outside eyes are important. We'll talk about that if you ever need a church consultation or or, or help in your ministry. That's what, that's why it's important to get some outside eyes and and outside eyes in the way of friendships are 
are hugely important. You know, um, as for me, you know, I was thinking about finding a new hobby and because I'm, I'm hanging up my whistle uh, this summer, I will be ending my time as a, as a cross country and track coach to concentrate more on, on, on helping pastors and working with pastors. But one of the things that I wanted to do though, is have, is really find a new hobby. And so Rochelle and I started playing pickleball. We've actually taken a pickleball class and, and um, all of that. And I'm not, I'm not super good yet. I went and played with some older people who were like in their seventies and they all schooled me um, the <laughs> other day. But, um, <laughs> but I think it's good. I think you just need to find, find something that you know you can do for a while, you mm-hmm. know, and at times in, in your life that, that may change. When I came to Colorado, I stopped playing golf. I couldn't afford it. Um, mm-hmm. It takes four hours a day. I didn't have four hours a day to give, you know, so I, I really haven't, picked up my golf clubs since, since I've been in Colorado, but, um, I have found other hobbies and other things to do. And so that one is someone that I would highly recommend too. You need a hobby. And, and one of my convictions is as pastors that we don't take care of our physical lives and we need something that helps take care of our physical lives better. Yeah, you're right, Alan. And I'm looking forward to you schooling me in pickleball this summer in, in Nashville. So we're, we're going to go try it out. Dana and I have never played, but hey, that'll be a great new hobby for us. Uh, we just got to find, see, in in little little town Oklahoma, there's no tennis courts. So like, what do we do? What do we do? But, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking into trying to figure out how we can build one. So Okay, there you go. Put one at your church. That would be a great. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there's other things on there. The one that stuck out to me is um, taking a sabbatical. And I like the suggestion, but I wonder how realistic it is for many pastors, especially our bivocational and co-vocational pastor friends. Um, That is so hard to do. Um, You're just working all the time and nobody's going to say, hey, we we care about you and we want you to not work for about a month and we'll keep paying you. Nobody says that to them. And uh, so is, you know, finding other options to, to get away. You know, I think that's an area too, where I, I think, you know, especially if you don't have a denominational structure and you're kind of a standalone bivocational person, um, this can get really hard. Reach out in your network. You know, what I would encourage you to do is find an interim pastor who doesn't have an interim going on and see if you could get a a three or four week substitute and then go to your church and say, I've got someone who can fill in. I need this break, you know, and you know, um, whether you view a sabbatical as a vacation or you view it as a, as kind of a working a time of work or, or whatever personal work. Um, I don't even care if you call it a, just a, a leave of absence for, for, for a month or something to do something that allows you a, a, a chance to get away, especially if you've been in your ministry for a while. Mm-hmm. So though, there are several others that we're not going to have time to mention today, but we'll put a link on in our notes for today about this list. And we, we just want to help you to refill your bucket because man, Alan and I have been there. We understand what it's like to have an empty bucket and uh, we want you to be filled we want to encourage you to contact us through our Facebook page or website, which is EnduringChurches.com, um, to see if we can can help you, maybe um, give you some suggestions on this type of thing or other things in your church. 
So, Alan, tell them how else we can, they can get in contact with us. Yeah, use our email. Um, we, we'd love just to hear from you. Um, give us some of your thoughts, maybe even some of your ideas for a future podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Alan at EnduringChurches.Consulting. Trent at EnduringChurches.Consulting. Of course, we have um, our Facebook page, our website. We would, again, love, love to hear from you. Um, please like these episodes, share these episodes, help us um, spread the word that we're here to help you and your church endure. You know, our heart is for the small and mid-sized churches, and we we truly hope that we can help help um, pastors and church leaders um, endure in ministry. We also um, can offer your church a consultation. Um, uh, I have a church consultation certification and Trent has a great set of eyes to help in that. And, and he's doing some additional, um, education in these specific areas as well. And we just want to come alongside and, and help you and your church thrive, um, in its ministry. So please reach out to us. We, we want to be here for you to help you and your church. So thanks for joining us. And we look forward to catching you um, uh, on our next episode when we actually take a, a look at the outside in.